Thanks for joining me again. Back for another episode of the Super Weird, the Super Paranormal, the Super Unknown. This is Paranormally Speaking with your host, Neil Parks. I'm an award-winning author, screenwriter, writer-writer in general, left-writer because I'm left-handed, ghost-writer because I write about ghosts, professional artist, historian, paranormal expert, and all about a man all about town. So go ahead, buckle up. This is going to be an interesting ride. And now a word from our sponsor. Why do people believe in conspiracy theories? It seems that every family has an Uncle Joe, the guy who goes on and on about conspiracy theories at the holiday dinner table. The 9-11 attack was orchestrated by the government. The moon landing was filmed in Hollywood. Lee Harvey Oswald did not act alone in the Kennedy assassination. And don't get me started on global warming. Record low temperatures this Christmas and you expect me to believe in a world that's actually getting warmer? Give me a break. Maybe we should just give Uncle Joe a break, or at least try to understand where he's coming from. Why do some people believe in conspiracy theories anyway? This is exactly the question posed by British psychologist Karen Douglas and her colleagues in a recent article in the journal Current Directions in Psychological Science. The researchers found that the reason for believing in conspiracy theories can be grouped into three categories. Number one, the desire for understanding and certainty. Number two, the desire for control and security. And number three, the desire to maintain a positive self-image. They look at each of these three motives in turn. The desire for understanding and certainty, seeking explanations for events, is a natural human desire. We are constantly asking why things happen the way they do. Why does it have to rain the day I want to go out? Why did she give me the cold shoulder like that? Why can't you understand what I'm trying to tell you? And we don't just ask questions. We also quickly find answers to those questions. Not necessarily the true answers, but rather answers that comfort us or that fit into our worldview or not necessarily a global view because so many people that are conspiracy theorists have more of a local, if not regional view. And they believe that their local perspective and regional perspective affects the overall global perspective. The problem with that is you can't understand what I'm saying because you're just not listening. We all harbor false beliefs, that is, things we believe to be true, but in fact are not. For example, if you believe Sydney is the capital of Australia, you are a victim of a false belief. But once you are confronted with the fact that Canberra is the capital of Australia, you'll readily change your mind. After all, you were simply misinformed and you're not emotionally invested in it. Conspiracy theories are also false beliefs by definition, but people who believe in them have a vested interest in maintaining them. First, they put some effort into understanding the conspiracy theory explanation for the event, <clears throat> whether by reading books going to websites or watching TV programs that support their beliefs. For example, Fox News. Uncertainty is an unpleasant state, and conspiracy theories provide a sense of understanding and certainty that is comforting to those. The desire for control and security is the second label. People need to feel they're in control of their lives. For instance, many people feel safer when they 
are the driver in the car rather than the passenger. Of course, even the best drivers can get into accidents for reasons beyond their control. Likewise, conspiracy theories can give their believers a sense of control and security. This is especially true when the alternative accounts feel threatening. For example, if global temperatures are in fact rising catastrophically due to human activity, then I'll have to make painful changes in my comfortable lifestyle. But if pundits and politicians assure me that global warming is a hoax, then I can maintain my current way of living. This kind of motivated reasoning is an important component in conspiracy theory beliefs. And the third example, the desire to maintain a positive self-image. Research shows that people who feel socially marginalized are more likely to believe in conspiracy theories. We all have a desire to maintain a positive self-image, which usually comes from the roles we play in life, that being our jobs, our relationships with family and friends. When we know we make a positive difference in the lives of others, as parent, spouse, friend, teacher, or mentor, we see our own lives as worthwhile, and we feel good about ourselves. But say Uncle Joe is on disability and hasn't worked for years. He feels socially excluded. However, he does have plenty of time to surf the internet for information about conspiracy theories, and he can chat online with others who hold similar beliefs. Thus, belief in conspiracy theories gives Uncle Joe a sense of community. Furthermore, his research into conspiracy theories has given him a sense that he is the holder of privileged knowledge. Most people who believe global warming is real or that vaccines are safe don't do so because they understand science. Rather, they trust the experts. And so when Uncle Joe starts trotting on out all the evidence against global warming, it can be difficult to make reasonable counter-arguments. All you've got is the feeling that the conspiracy theory seems too complicated to be true. But from Uncle Joe's perspective, it's clear he knows more about the subject than you do. In sum, we have a good understanding of what motivates people to believe in conspiracy theories. That is, they do so because of three basic needs. We all have to understand the world around us, to feel secure and in control, and to maintain a positive self-image. But do conspiracy theory beliefs actually help people satisfy these needs? Studies have found that when college students are exposed to conspiracy theories, they show an increased sense of insecurity. This has led some researchers to conclude that conspiracy theory belief is self-defeating. However, as Douglas and her colleagues point out, most college students have little motivation to believe in conspiracy theories in the first place. What's really needed, they argue, are some carefully designed studies that directly examine those who already believe in conspiracy theories. Regardless of the outcome of these future studies, the real question for us now is how to deal with the Uncle Joe in our life. You may offer counter-evidence in an attempt to convince him to give up his conspiracy theories, but you're unlikely to succeed. This is because you are arguing facts while Uncle Joe is defending his sense of security and his positive feelings about himself. And for the rest of us, self-image trumps facts every time. Ghosts, aliens, 
UFOs, Bigfoot, parallel universes, angels and demons, time travel, cryptozoology, and so much more within the realm of the unexplained, the strange, and the out of this world. I'm your host, Neil Parks, award-winning author, screenwriter, researcher, and paranormal professional. Join me every week as I tackle hot-button topics within the paranormal realm. I'll share personal accounts, my research, and secondhand evidence. I will read excerpts and stories from my books and discuss my upcoming projects in the literary world. Documentaries, both on TV and the big screen, plus my independent film projects. Paranormally Speaking is both thought-provoking and entertaining. New episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in to Paranormally Speaking and prepare to be enlightened. And now a special bonus movie we wanted to discuss. It was not on the compiled list, but we thought it was important to share and bring up once again. The Wizard of Oz. Everyone knows what The Wizard of Oz is, and it's kind of a weird choice to put on here because it's not like the other movies. It's basically a film marketed towards children. It's not a horror movie, no. No. One really cool thing about it I brought up to you the other day was the fact that you can take Pink Floyd's classic album, Dark Side of the Moon, and by the third roar of the MGM line before the movie even starts, when it's just saying MGM production, by the third roar, you can start the album, Dark Side of the Moon, and every song coincides scene by scene with the movie and everything that's being sung about in each song of Dark Side of the Moon relates to the scene that you're watching from Wizard of Oz. Do you think that was a coincidence? or? Well, the thing with Pink Floyd, they were really baked down on a lot of acid and LSD. I don't know if it was intentional or just some kind of a strange paranormal occurrence that went along with them experimenting with those crazy drugs and then deciding to write an album based around The Wizard of Oz to give it a rock opera. It's anyone's guess. It was the 1970s when that happened. Have you heard about the thing where the first Tin Man they chose got lead poisoning from the uh, helmet he had to put on? Yeah, did he got really ill from that. Did he, didn't he die? I think he did. And what about when they're going down the yellow brick road? Remember the person that was working a dolly grip mic or something was up in the tree and got ra- wrapped up around the cords and inadvertently hung himself? And in the distance, you can see his body swinging in the tree. Actually, that is false. I've uh, looked on Snopes, and I found out that was a rumor. So what was that? What was that in the background? Just a bird or something? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was just like a set malfunction. Oh, it looked like a dude dangling from the tree. It did. Yeah. Well, nonetheless, I mean, legend and folklore follow with each one of these movies that we covered, as well as Wizard of Oz. There, There was some really interesting things that took place around the directing and the writing and the production of that film. For example, uh, Judy Garland. God, did they use her and throw her away. That poor girl. Producers were manhandling her and doing things to her that are beyond questionable. In fact, a producer forced her to get an abortion after he impregnated her. And the Munchkins molested her. And the Munchkins allegedly molested and grabbed her during filming. And so there were a lot of things that went on that goes so far beyond paranormal occurrences and strange and weird facts and factoids or anything that's just rumor and conjunction. But when you've got full-grown adults playing the parts of dwarfs, grabbing a young actress, that that should have been handled uh, right away. But that was long before the Me Too movement. Yes, well, thank you so much for joining me today on this episode, buddy. And I'm going to go ahead and plug your podcast. And my son, Lucas, like I mentioned, is an aspiring film critic. Uh, the kid already has his own IMDb page from his involvement in an indie film that I worked on and co-wrote 
called Blood Alley, Chillicothe Makes a Movie, which is a zombie outbreak centered around the historical downtown of Ohio's very first capital, Chillicothe, Ohio. So my son, Lucas, and my daughter, Isabella, played zombies in the film, therefore earning their own IMDb page, because oddly enough, this small indie classic that we made is now available on Amazon Prime to view, and it had won several indie film accolades without us even really trying. Didn't it go to like South by Southwest Film Festival? It is. It was uh, on a like um, one of the back rooms of the South by Southwest Film Festival. Yeah, but they uh, low budget indie films, but they ended up canceling South by Southwest because of COVID nineteen. Really blows. But you could totally make a movie about that now. Uh, your podcast, though, was originally titled. Uh, what was it Luke at this? Yeah. And it was your film critiques, your uh, your own critics' choice and movies' choice, and your star by star rating. But now you're going to call it what? Now I'm going to call it quiet on set. Quiet on set. That works for me. And we would definitely need to be quiet and listen to this big brain of a kid talk about movies, both good and bad. Uh, he also writes some amazing reviews for television shows. Uh, so I would be happy to share any information. Uh, to where you could contact him and talk movies with my kids sometime. Uh, his email address, of course, is all I would give you as far as a means of contact. <laughs> but you can shoot me an email at parksparanormal at gmail.com or Google search at the Neil Parks. And it's all good stuff you'll find online. There's nothing illegal uh, about me. No arrests, no violent outbursts no ever tapes. captured on film. <laughs> yep. I did all that crazy stuff before film became a thing. Um, don't follow my lead, Luke. Have a uh, great rest of the weekend, and I hope to uh, do this again sometime. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're very welcome, buddy. Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes and Noble and Lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the nine inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available. And last spring, my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book and it was a major shift in gears for me considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. I really don't understand why everybody isn't following the same rules right now. They're very clear. So let's take a minute. Let's go over them again. First, you must not leave the house for any reason. Unless, of course, you have a reason, and then you may leave the house. All stores are closed, except those that are open. And all stores must close unless, of course, they need to stay open. This virus is deadly, but don't be afraid of it. It can only kill people who are vulnerable and also those who are not vulnerable. We should stay locked down until the virus stops infecting people. And it will only stop infecting people if enough of us get infected that we build immunity. So it is very important that we get infected and also do not get infected. You should not go to the doctor's office or the hospital unless you have to go there. Unless, of course, you are too sick to go there. This virus has no effect on children except for those children in which it affects. The virus remains active on different surfaces for two hours 
or four hours or six hours, but in most cases it's days and not hours and it needs a damp environment or a cold environment that is warm and dry in the air unless the air is plastic. Schools are closed, so you need to homeschool your children unless you can send them to school because you are not home. If you are at home, you can school your children using various portals and online classrooms unless you have poor internet, more than one child, only one computer, or you are working from home. Baking cakes can be considered math, science, or art. If you are home educating, you can include household chores within their education curriculum. And if you are home educating, you may start drinking at approximately 10 a.m. every day. If you are not home educating children, you may also start drinking at approximately 10 a.m. Masks are useless at protecting you against the virus, but you still need to wear one because it can save lives. And in some cases, it may even be mandatory, but also maybe not. You must not go to work, but you can get another job at which point you may go to work. Stay home. I don't know how many more celebrities we need to have tell you how important it is to go outside and take care of your mental health. There is no shortage of groceries in the supermarket. There are simply many things missing. You don't need to go buy a bunch of toilet paper, but you should buy some in case you need it. If you are sick, you may go out once you are better, but those in your household, they cannot go out once you are better unless, of course, they need to go out. Animals are not affected by the virus. Except for that cat that tested positive in Belgium in February, plus a couple tigers. The number of corona-related deaths will be announced daily, but we don't know how many people are infected because we were only testing those who are almost dead to determine if that's what they will die of. The people who die of corona who are not counted won't or will be counted, but maybe not. To help protect yourself during these times, you should be eating well and exercising, but exercising only eating what you have at home to avoid going to the stores unless you need toilet paper or a fence panel. It's important to get fresh air, but don't go to parks, but do go walk in other places. Just don't sit down unless you are old or pregnant But if you do sit down, don't sit for too long, unless you are old and you are pregnant, in which case you need to sit down. But if you do sit down, don't eat, unless you've had a long walk, which you are allowed to do if you are old or pregnant, except for times in which you aren't. Don't visit old people, but you have a moral obligation to take care of old people and bring them food and medicine. And finally, no businesses will go down due to coronavirus, except those businesses that go down due to COVID-19. I hope this cleared up any questions about what we should and should not be doing during this time. Please educate your friends and family with this information so we can remove any and all confusion surrounding this time. Thank you. A mirror world could be hiding behind dark matter. Dark matter is a hypothetical kind of matter that cannot be seen with telescopes, but would account for most of the matter in the universe. The possibility that there could be a mirror world hiding behind dark matter would rewrite our understanding of the universe. Dark matter is one of the great mysteries of the universe. No one knows what it consists of, and no one has seen it, because it doesn't interact with the matter scientists know about. Many scientific labs are trying to detect dark matter, since the Earth is moving in a cosmic wind of dark matter. A final identification of what makes up the enigmatic dark matter would open up whole new areas of research, including the possibility of multiple universes in other dimensions. The South Atlantic anomaly. Could black holes on Earth be portals to parallel universes? Vortexes on our planet are similar to black holes. Scientists find that they have discovered that each vortex boundary in a turbulent fluid contains singularities, just like an atmospherical black hole. 
The South Atlantic Anomaly, SAA, refers to the area where the Earth's inner Van Allen radiation belt comes closest to the Earth's surface. This leads an increased flux of energetic particles in this region and exposes orbiting satellites to higher than usual levels of radiation. The effect is caused by non-linear matter of the Earth and its magnetic dipole. And the SAA is the near-Earth region where the Earth's magnetic field is at its weakest. An intriguing possibility is that such remarkable vortexes could be gateways to parallel worlds or other dimensions. The mystery of the Mandela effect and false memories are another piece of proof of parallel universes. A controversial and intriguing theory suggests that false memories could be proof of parallel universes. Scientists are naturally divided on the topic of the Mandela effect, and most think that false memories are a result of how we misinterpret or misremember things. Yet, perhaps, there is more to it than we are aware of. It has been suggested that people are sliding between multiple universes, and that's how we can create very odd memories or something that we have never seen or heard of in this world. Basically, the Mandela effect refers to a phenomenon in which a large number of people share false memories of past events, referred to as confabulation and psychiatry. Some have speculated that the memories are caused by parallel universes spilling into our own and vice versa, while others explain the phenomenon as a failure of collective memory. Another example, can parallel universes explain the deja vu phenomenon? Another intriguing possibility is that there is a hidden connection between deja vu and the existence of parallel universes. We've all experienced deja vu. Uh, it's French. It means literally already seen. It is a rather common phenomenon, yet little understood about it. Most of us have experienced being in a new place and feeling a certain way that we've been there before, but we have difficulties understanding why we feel that way. Are some of our dreams glimpses from a parallel universes? In this world, there could be a copy of yourself making different decisions and seeing places that somehow later manifest themselves in our own dreams. For thousands of years, people have wondered about the meaning of dreams. Why do some people dream about future events? Why are some dreams full of hidden meaning? Can some of our dreams be glimpses of events taking place in an alternate reality where our alternate self is living out these things that we dream about in our own reality? There's also stories of people who've entered parallel universes. Uh, Linnea Barquilla, a woman from Spain, who suddenly felt everything around her was wrong, and people that she had remembered were no longer in existence. And people that she was currently encountering that were in her life, she had no recollection of ever meeting. What is unusual and almost unheard of is that someone who lives in unknown realms suddenly enters our universe. To them, and their universe of origin, our world would be the parallel universe. Uh, this happened also many years ago uh, in El Salvador, Venezuela. I reported about a very strange and unexplained disappearance of a professor who simply vanished in front of many people and he's never been seen again. And his alternate self did not appear in our reality, which 
normally, in theory, if something like that were to happen, your doppelganger would cross over into our reality while you yourself from this realm slides over into the alternate reality. The theory that parallel universes could exist is fascinating, and hopefully we learn more about this intriguing subject in the near future. That's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for joining me again on another spectacular episode of Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. Please tune in next week if you have nothing better to do. I may have something really cool to share with you. And if not, it'll just be the same crap, different day, but maybe you might actually like what I'm talking about. I know my family doesn't, but hey, I'm not asking for pity. Have a great weekend, and I hope to see you again soon. Give it a three, I'm gonna...